Growing your business is tough, but don't worry, we've got you covered. We interview industry experts on how they've solved their most challenging business problems in SaaS or e-commerce. No fluff, just step-by-step playbooks to help you dominate your market and crush the competition. This is the How We Solve podcast. Here's your host. Hey, it's GQ here. Thanks for joining us on the How We Solve podcast. Today, I have with me Tim Richardson, Head of Growth at We Make Websites, one of the most successful e-commerce agencies on the planet. He is also the host of the podcast, Your Basket is Empty, an insightful and not-so-serious podcast with smart people doing cool stuff in technology and e-commerce. Welcome, Tim. Super happy to have you with us today. Oh, man. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. It's good to be talking to you. I feel like we're going to have a very robust conversation. Looking forward to it. Yeah, same here, same here. I, I think we, the first time that we met, this was at an e-commerce expo, right? I think we were at the We Make Websites booth, was it? That was when we first caught up? Indeed it was. You and Dave were there. So that was like what? Uh, sort of Q3 last year, I think. I think so, yeah. I think that was, that was like September. And I remember when we first caught up, I think we were talking about the EOS framework, right? We did. And um, I had read the book previously, and we'll probably touch on it today because it's definitely one of the better management books that I've seen in, in a while. And yeah, I've taken a lot from it. Yeah, a, a, good, a good friend of mine, Luke, who uh, has recently started an integration or data management consultancy. He put me onto it and I thought it was really good. So yeah, it's been, it's been a bit of a revelation. That's super cool. And actually on the topic about having this framework, you know, we, we use it a lot in, in our businesses in LTV plus and task drive. And we see that as such a, a good way for us to maintain our, our business operations while scaling up. I'm curious if you could share with our listeners today, you know, what problem are we going to be discussing today with regards to the business growth? <laughs> so I think I'm going to caveat the problem with the, the, the problem has been tackled by a team. So I am very much part of a team, but the thing that I've seen or one of the biggest challenges to the agency that I work in, we make websites, is scalability. And just for some context, I want to kind of caveat that with like the the idea of an agency model is not very scalable. <laughs> so that, that essentially is the problem that, you know, we as an agency and certainly I have been very, very keen on, on trying to solve. It's like, how do you scale what is a relatively unscalable model, right? So technology, extremely scalable, right? Like you can really increase your footprint or, you know, there's a lot of economies of scale that come with it. With an agency model, if we take on more business, we kind of need more people. So, you know, kind of the more business we take on, the more people we get. And obviously you try and make it more efficient. But how do you scale an agency? And then to put it in context of we make websites, say, how do you scale an agency from 12 to around 65 people in three years? That's the problem we're trying to solve. That is actually fantastic. Like, like within three years, you grew that fast. I think that for any agency, that's, that's really, really cool. And, and just to give our listeners a bit more context, could you give us the elevator pitch for We Make Websites? I can indeed. Uh, one of the, the fortunate positions I have in any of these instances is we do what our website says so, or our name says. So um, there's no denying our core proposition, we make websites. It's a rather polarizing brand, depending on which founder you talk to. I like it because I feel, particularly in the technology world, as I'm sure you're very accustomed to, there's a lot of ambiguity in names and brands. So we, we, we've got a, a very direct approach. So we make websites. But you know, what do we do beyond making websites? We are 
the international agency or we are an agency for international brands within Shopify Plus. So we design, build, and optimize Shopify Plus stores for international brands. That's it. That's the elevator pitch. I love that. That is so concise. And in fact, I think even We Make Websites was mentioned once or twice at conferences. That That's how you guys have such a good relationship with Shopify. That, that's how well-known you are in the sphere. We, did, we, we were very fortunate to have a rather in-depth and unique shout-out by, by Harley, the CEO of Shopify at the, the Shopify Unite conference last year. And just, you know, the hard work that we've put in for a decade, really, it was our 10-year anniversary last year, and, and we've been working exclusively with the Shopify platform for the vast majority of that, and, and it was a great... Um, yeah, accolade. We really, really enjoyed it. That that is fantastic. I mean, that that you know that you've made it in the Shopify space when the COO mentions <laughs> as an agency. I think that's a that's a huge like you know that's a huge pat on the back, right? So on, on that topic, we, we I mean, you mentioned that it, it took three years, only three years for you to scale up with your team. Give us a bit of backstory. Why and when did you decide to tackle this problem? Sure. So I joined We Make Websites in around April, I believe. No, no, my apologies, June of 2016. And when I joined, we were around 12 people and we were a, we only did Shopify at the time. So still maintain that kind of unique proposition. So we were a Shopify agency, Shopify Plus around that time certainly was as mature in the UK market as it was in the US. And it was still very much a oh, what is this thing? You know, how does it differ between the core uh, Shopify platform and so forth? So at the time, we were a Shopify agent and we did both Shopify and Shopify Plus. We were around 750K in revenue. And I suppose one of the key things that I sort of felt I came into when I, when I joined We Make Websites was there's a lot of opportunity here. I think there's a lot of opportunity within the agency, certainly within the London market. The Shopify e-commerce ecosystem was kind of starting to bubble away, but we really hadn't solidified. So yeah, I feel that I came into a place where there was kind of an, an idea of where we were going to go to a kind of a vision. And there was a foundation because, you know, we were the sort of, and still are the only, you know, Shopify only agency in London, but we hadn't quite solidified things. So I suppose that's the best way to describe it. All of the kind of the levers and all of the foundation were there, but we hadn't solidified it and, and we didn't quite know where we were going. I suppose one of the key things that uh, I do remember is when I met Alex and Piers, the founders, I like just totally got them from the first interaction. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I, I believed in them. I could, you know, see where they wanted to take it and felt I could, you know, add, add a lot of value. So that was kind of the, I suppose, the, the backstory or the, the environment I kind of came into in, in mid-2016. That, that's really cool. And, you know, with that, with that in mind, what, was there a particular type of, you know, I'm not sure, maybe a tool, a framework that you had in mind to, to tackle this problem? <laughs> Absolutely not. I, uh, um, maybe a bit of back. So I came from a world. So my, my background is like, uh, I, uh, kind of spent the first part of my career in kind of financial services and investment banking. And then I kind of took a break and I started a record label and became a cook. And then I said, I wanted to get wow. back onto a more conventional career path. And so I spent the last prior to, we make websites like three years kind of in digital kind of roles in some form or another. So I came into the 
agency with a pretty unique perspective on, on many different things. And to be totally honest with you, I was hungry for something. And I, as I said, I saw the vision, I saw the opportunity. So I really just threw myself completely at the agency. Now, I think if I had uh, maybe been a bit more strategic about it and looked at some of, you know, frameworks or, 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 or management styles or, or things that I learned, you know, you know, in my degree, I have got a, a degree of some description in, in, in business. Um, I probably would have tackled this problem uh, more strategically. However, at the time, in 2016, I had just arrived back in London. I met these guys and it was like, I believe in them. Let's just go. So it was just full steam ahead and you know they kind of they, they brought me in to to essentially sell projects and grow the business through revenue because that was our growth strategy and it wasn't investment so i was just head down just do as much as i possibly can in e-com space in in the uk and, and i suppose to the us and just you know like sign as many projects as i possibly can and and so that was kind of so there was no real framework it was just go 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 mm-hmm which is interesting because that in itself was great because our growth really started to accelerate and, 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 you know, like we, we, our revenue doubled, you know, year on year for kind of essentially kind of uh, at least the first year and a half, two years. And we were just head down trying to grow the business. So it wasn't really until probably 2018 that we decided to really like think strategically about the next steps. So we kind of had the foundation, we'd grown, we were like, well, what are we, what do we want to do? You know, we always kind of said, and there's an element of it now, we were like, we were flying the plane and building it as we go, you know. So we're flying the plane and one of the wings falls off. So, you know, jump out, fix the wing, you know, keep flying, keep flying. Okay, we're back on track. And then the other engine falls off. So you go down there and you fix that and then, suddenly the plane just got 20 times bigger. So we went from a Cessna to, you know, an A380, you know, Boeing or whatever. And that was kind of the mentality. So it was really exciting, but we weren't really tackling the problem, if I'm honest. You know, we were just existing and we were growing and we were just throwing ourselves at it. So, which is, you know, extremely fun and rewarding, you know, a lot of hard work, but we, we started to gain traction and we got bigger and we were getting more and more clients and, you know, we were getting more attention from Shopify and, you know, we just sort of, at that point, we were like, right, this unscalable model, let's start scaling it. So we started hiring people. So, yeah, in answer to your question, there was no real framework. It was just a do, a doer mentality. And then retrospectively, it was kind of starting to introduce an idea of how can we actually scale this thing. I think that 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 in itself is the maybe like we can call it the Tim Richardson model, the Tim Richardson framework. <laughs> Build the plane as you fly. I like that. But, but that yeah. that is so true. I think at the beginning, I think like most entrepreneurs or or even just like growth experts or any 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 business that you join in the beginning, it's never you never fully have that full framework outlined for you. Let's just follow this, and then we're going to be fine. I think yeah. <clears throat> I think it's always a mixture of testing and figuring out what really works before you before you actually arrive at. I guess some kind of an idea or a structure that, that would get people from, you know, A to B, because I think like some, for some people, when they first come in, when they start a business or when they want to scale their, their, you know, their business, they're always looking for what's the best hack for me to 10 X my growth in six months. Right. Everyone's looking for that, that, that quick, uh, quick fix, but I don't think that that truly exists. And you always have to adapt even a template on the market, for example, to, to what your business requires. 
Totally, yeah. And, and let's be honest, the, the majority of people with those quick fixes, that's their business. So they're making money because people think that's the way to do it and they buy into their thing or subscribe to it or give them money in order to get that information. I mean, one huge advantage that we had, you know, we still have it and it's, it's a core part of our proposition, but that, that was that we are super unique in that we only do e-commerce we only do Shopify, and for the most part, we're you know we only well we only do Shopify Plus now. So that is a huge advantage in 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 that space, right? Because you, you've got your north star, even if you haven't figured it out yourselves, you just know right. Well, all we do is one thing, and we can just get exceptionally good at doing that. So whereas you know in 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 other business models, sort of like a service offering where you're offering uh, different services across different technologies, I mean that would be more difficult. You know what I mean? It's particularly, at, at, you know, in, at a starting point or, or when you're kind of entering into the market or, or, you know, on that growth trajectory. So I think without that, you know, it may be questionable whether we would have grown as quickly because I think that that, that framework of having something that we only do meant that, you know, everything was just laser focused. No, that, that is so important. I couldn't agree more. We, we, it's kind of similar what we did here with LTV plus as well. When we started out, we did like almost everything in outsourcing to be frank. Like, so we, we started out like, uh, our essential core bit was to outsource, you know, customer support agents. We were talking about, okay, we even started finding developers for people. We started finding and like whatever we could outsource, we would do, but similar, I guess in like a similar, similar case, we folk, we, we, we nailed down. We said we were only going to do customer experience in e-com brands. Not to say that we don't other we don't do others other stuff outside of ecom, but we we focused on that. And now we're even diving in deeper. Where we're doing very, we're very focused on Shopify, for example, which I yeah. guess is similar now. And that's what we're that's what we're doing. We're getting great at it, and that's what people come to us for. And I think that is so important when you want to scale your business because you really cannot. I don't know what they call it, shiny object syndrome. Like, oh, let's do that. Oh, let's do that. And then when you keep testing out different things, you're never going to properly scale with just that one thing that you're really good at. Yeah, and I, I feel that generally the, the 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 technology world or the world in 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 general is is looking at specialisms. You know, I mean, we're we're so saturated as consumers and just humans with noise across everything that we do. So, how do you cut through all of that noise? Well, like a, from a brand's perspective, you need to have a really good story, right? You need to either sell on Amazon or have a really good story and then something where you can connect with your customers and then own that relationship, right? And so that's a thing. So, you know, in the technology or service world, well, how do you do that? Like, how do you how do you apply that concept, you know, to what we do and having something that you're really good at and drilling into it and focusing, focusing, focusing is is definitely a way, I think, uh, or, or a framework for success. So maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe the the problem that we're talking about today is the wrong one. We should be talking about <laughs> unique niche focused business models. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, that's, I, 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 I take a lot from what you're saying in that, that, you know, you guys have seen success from, from your world, which is slightly different to ours. So there's got, you know, there's got to be some statistical kind of evidence there, yep. that, you know, that it's a good move, you know, and that's obviously not to discredit anyone that does do anything, whether a broader sure. offering, it just depends, you know, um, on, on your situation or whatever. I think it's just really building out one part and gradually building out, building it out until you get to that place where, okay, this, this part of the business or this, let's just say goal is met. You know, we we're really good in this niche. Let's start testing 
think something else. And then we kind of, and then, and I think that's how like those mega companies, they're able to build out a huge company because they were able to get, get it right for each service or product that they were doing. And then they finally just multiplied that with that same framework. Yeah. That's just kind of what I think anyway. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, they're the points at which I feel, you know, as a business or as an entity where you want to look at things like investment, like that's where an investor, I think, adds a lot of value, right? Yeah. Like you you want to go into a new market or a new vertical and you really, you know, you've, you've got traction on, on from some part or maybe you're really focused and you're totally dominating, but you want to kind of go into something else. And I think, you know, having expertise within that realm that you've kind of brought onto the team through investment or networking or whatever. Like that's a really interesting kind of like uh, growth strategy, I think. And I, you know, I, I believe that there's a lot of examples of where that has worked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so now that you're on the other side, so when you started in 2016, you're like, oh, let's go in with guns blazing. <laughs> right? So just like building it out as you went. Mm-hmm. But now that you're on this side in 2020 now, if you had to summarize it somehow into a few steps, right? How would you summarize it uh, to solve, I, I guess, business? Let's just call it growth, right? How, how did you solve this idea? How did you get your, your you know, your, uh, the company from 12 people to 65 people in as few, fewer steps as possible? But then you can kind of outline it as we go, I guess. Sure. But I'll caveat it with, I don't think any of this, like, to me, a lot of it is common sense. There's a lot of literature out there. So if anyone listening is expecting some sort of revolutionary framework or proprietary model, this ain't it. <laughs> Look, the, 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 the first problem was t- that we needed to recognize, right, before you even like tackle a problem is like, what is the problem? And so the, 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 the problem we had was we didn't have a kind of uh, a vision for the company. So we sat down and we thought about that. So, you know, uh, myself and the founders, Alex, we sat down and we said, like, what do we want to do? Why do we do it? And, and how are we going to get there? So first is, you know, I think a really important thing is like, why? Why, why do we come here every day? Why, why do we spend, you know, loads of hours doing what we're doing? And I think we kind of distilled it down. It's like we, we really are passionate about like e-commerce and we're passionate about design and technology and, you know, an agency model is a nice kind of like cauldron of all of that sort of stuff. So we kind of knew what we wanted to do and we wanted to be in the space that we're in. And so like, where are we going? And, and we kind of set out, we said, well, we want to be the number one Shopify plus agency in the world. So that was our North Star. So then we started working backwards and saying, well, how are we going to get there? So getting back to the problem we're kind of discussing today, we've got a relatively unscalable model. So how do we make it scalable? Okay, so let's identify what the problem is at that time. And the problem was, well, we're a people business. So if we're a people business, let's look at our people. (laughs) And so we kind of identified that have we got a culture you know, what does it look like? Uh, is everyone bought into it? You know, how can we grow and, and mold that thing? So that was kind of the first bit, figuring out where did we going to go and then going, right, well, in order to get there, we're going to have to scale this thing, right? Build the team. So we we spent a lot of time with the team then and we constantly revisited it of defining what the culture is, you know, like what is it? what does it mean to work in this place? And, and um, you know, we distill it down to some cultural values. There's a team, never stop improving, no dramas and keep it simple. And once we had that, then we could build on it, right? So because once you've got the culture, then everything, you know, like the business itself has got a clearly focused, defined 
trajectory, now our culture has got that clearly defined kind of element or structure. So we can start hiring people that kind of like that. You know, they want to be part of it and they, they, they uh, exhibit those sorts of values and so forth. So that was kind of key thing. But before we did that, we sort of figured out, well, what does that organizational structure need to look like in two, three years? And let's start building up to that point. So we started looking at things like what sort of senior people do we need to bring into the team? What do the people within the organization currently look like? And does it need to be reworked? And there was a lot of work, particularly on the delivery front, in terms of how that looked and what was going to be more efficient. So, yeah, I mean, they were kind of the high-level structural changes and kind of strategy that was put in place that helped us get to that level of people. And then on the, you know, in, in, in parallel, we needed to continue, you know, bringing in new business and, you know, servicing the clients that, that we had. But it was, all, it was all back down to that original point of like people, right? Because I think certainly from our perspective, the, what we hear within the market is people really like us. You know, and 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 that 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 to me is a really interesting concept because I think that you know we can kind of get lost in the requirements and the technology and is Shopify right for my business and all this sort of stuff. But ultimately, you know, we're a people business, and do people trust us? And do they like us? And do they want to work with us? You know, it's kind of simple stuff. So you know, I suppose an interesting sort of offshoot of that framework strategy concept was we hired 28 people last year. So that was the end result, right? So in order to hire 28 people, you need to have a defined culture. You need to get the right people in, you need the right people hiring them, you know, all of that sort of stuff. So that, that was kind of the, I suppose, at least one component to try to solve that problem. But this is not a problem that's going away. It's, it's, it's really a thing that needs constant management. And to give people a sense of scale, so what, where, where, which countries are you guys in right now? You mentioned that you have offices for people all over, you know. Sure. So we, our HQ is in London. So our HQ is in Farringdon, kind of centralish London. Uh, we've got about 55 people here now. And we uh, opened an office in New York about 18 months ago. Uh, we kind of trialed it going back to the kind of some of the, the previous conversations or, or, or what I was talking about before, uh, you know, we sat down and said, well, what do we want to do? We want to stay niche. And with that nicheness, we want to do it in other places in the world. That was the kind of overall strategy. New York, we found or felt that was a, it was a good kind of first stop in this geographical kind of expansion because yeah. similar time zone, language, culture, you know, all this sort of stuff. So it was a bit of a no-brainer. We also had some New York clients we already worked with. So we kind of tested it first, just sort whether it is, is it actually going to work having people on the ground there. And yeah, our kind of um, hypothesis was, was proved and we sold a bunch of projects in the first couple of months of being there. What we realized probably quite early on was delivering from the UK, but like having sort of the, the, the head of the operation there works a little bit, but you really need more resource on the ground there. So we had to scale up the team there quite quickly. So the, the team in New York went from like two or three to 10 within 12 months uh, or potentially wow. less. So we really needed to hire there. So we've got, uh, a uh, for all intents purposes, an entirely separate business unit within New York. Okay. Uh, so we've got uh, sales, uh, project management, uh, account strategy, design, development, all within New York now. So the next stage is likely to be West Coast of America or the APAC region. 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we're not, we're, uh, time frame wise, it's probably um, in the next year or two that we'll be doing it again. Wow. We wish, obviously wish you the best of luck with that. That sounds like it's massive scaling to happen in the next one or two years. So more good problems to solve along the way. Yeah, yeah. And I think one thing that we definitely, I, I think, uh, might be an interesting piece of information for any listeners in terms of the scaling was, certainly from an agency perspective, we hypothesized that we would be able to facilitate all of America from New York, and that is not true. <laughs> so it, it, is a, it is a big, bloody country. And what we realized was that our clients on the West Coast want some like resource there. So originally our plan was New York would be the US hub and then we'd probably go to the APAC region. What we're finding now is that we probably need something on the, the West Coast of America if we wanted to sort of do more US business, which we do because it's you know, thriving and, and an extremely big econ market before we go to the APAC region. So that was an interesting bit of learning. Okay. Okay. So on the topic that we've discussed today, what are some tools, books, or resources that you could recommend our listeners to check out? We've already talked about the the, the EOS model. So the book Traction, I think, is, is something that, that, that people should go and have a, have a gander at. Uh, I think it's a pretty intuitive, simple easily digestible and easy to implement kind of model for, for any business. I think, I think the, it really takes away a lot of the, the fluff and the fat from kind of heavy theoretical management techniques and frameworks and really just brings it back to something really simple. And, 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 and to me, a lot of it is like a lot of these things are just common sense, right? And I feel that a lot of them are it's all about time, you know, like if, 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 if you had all the time in the world, you'd be able to just figure out what model works best for your business, but one doesn't. So they need to seek out kind of frameworks and then that, you know, someone else has done the framework and the testing and this works. So, you know, apply it to your business. So that's a good one. General reading. And this is from, from David. He, 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 uh, obviously I know the, the Harvard business review, but he sent me some articles from the Harvard business review and now I, um, I subscribe to them and then they've got some fantastic articles on leadership structure, you know, management. And that just got me inspired. And you know, I went home and like, I thought about how we can kind of implement stuff like that. So I find that stuff personally, like super, super beneficial. So that, that's something I'd recommend. Okay. Okay. And on the personal side of things, do you have your own personal North Star, like your own personal mission statement? Yeah, that's a good one. I've never really thought. I So I've got, <laughs> there's a mantra or like a, a thing that I've always, I remembered when I was like a kid, I played football, like Australian rules football. And the coach said to us, play hard, but fair. And I've always okay. taken, I've always had that in my mind, like play hard, you know, go for it, but be fair. And I thought that that was a kind of nice way to approach certain situations. I mean, yeah, what, I suppose this could get very phil- philosophical, very spiritual, <laughs> very quickly. But, but I, I do feel that there's an element of that, like where, you know, as consumers and people, we can get very, very um, wrapped up in our own existence and, you know, uh, progression and, you know, whatever it is that we do and then, you know, uh, forget about 
like perspective and kind of taking a step back and thinking more broadly and you know realizing that you know there are people in the world that that have very little and and you know we're all very blessed to be you know doing whatever it is we do in the places that we are at you know compared to to others so i definitely think i try and keep a lens of of perspective right and, and just sort of you know like let's be honest what we do no one's dying you know and like we're not saving lives you know so i feel that there's got to be an element of that 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 kind of lens that 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 grounds you in whatever form that is and i think some people get that from like you know family members or friends or you know or somehow you can sort of get that from somewhere you know whether that's reading or reflecting or doing yoga or getting some exercise or whatever the fuck people do you know what i mean like all that sort of stuff i feel that there's definitely that, that there needs to be kind of more of that you know just perspective and you know we're here for not very long, so let's make the the best of the time that we're here. I definitely, I'm definitely on board with that. I, I completely agree. Considering what whatever that's happening now, and like we when we we're talking about it before we hit the record button today, it was like, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, man. Like I saw a really interesting thing. My my auntie sent it to me, and it was a comedian. I think from like the eighties. Uh huh. I think it was. Yeah, it was. It wasn't current, and it, it was an American comedian, and he was kind of talking about us as humans and and, and the planet and like he he made a really interesting point that he was like the planet's going to be okay like when we're all gone the planet will continue like we're not going to actually you know we won't kill the planet completely like the earth as a structure will remain i mean we'll go we'll fuck it up for ourselves you know (laughs) but like the the planet will remain and, and and i think we we do need to understand like if we want to remain here for some more time, you know, like we need to little, be a little bit more conscious, right? And, uh, yeah, I think That's we're true. seeing kind of some of the impacts of that now. Um, I mean, people have been talking about this for years, right? And I suppose, yeah. Now it's finally happening, yeah. <laughs> it's finally happening, yeah. And it's, 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 you know, it's worrying, but it's also, you know, that's, I mean, we've, we're kind of setting ourselves up for this, you know? So... Anyway, we're yeah. getting very philosophical here, mate. This is, you know, like <laughs> we are not talking about scaling businesses now. <laughs> that is true. That is true. All right, all right. So uh, let, let's let's kind of round it off. So if if people have uh, you know questions, like they'd like to ask you about how how you know how you scale or with your team rather scale, we make websites. What's the best way to reach out to you? That's a good question. I, I don't know whether people give their email out on this thing. Uh, <laughs> Some people do. Yeah, yeah. Some people, yeah, people get your LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my LinkedIn. So so uh, uh, Tim Richardson, you know, on LinkedIn, we make websites, whatever. People can find that. Actually, one thing, uh, I, well, a, a, a medium of, of con communication that I found has been quite effective is the podcast. So I've got an Instagram, your basket, at your basket is empty. People have been kind of contacting me on there and, and that's kind of cool because it's kind of separate and if there's any weirdos, I can block them, you know, all that sort of stuff. So if, if people want to, yeah, uh, either LinkedIn or, or at yourbasketisempty.com or at yourbasketisempty on Instagram uh, or head to yourbasketisempty.com and, you know, there's a, a form there where they can get in contact with me. Yeah. So that about wraps it up for our episode. Thanks a lot for your time, Tim. And I think it's uh, it's been a real pleasure having you here. We should have you back here more often. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I, I like talking uh, to interesting people and you're an interesting person. So I am well up for another interaction at some point. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for your time, Tim. No worries. It was a pleasure. Talk to you soon. 
All right, cool. Thank you for tuning in and subscribing to the How We Solve podcast. Thanks for listening to the How We Solve podcast. Dominate your market and crush the competition with our step-by-step playbooks. Subscribe right now in your favorite podcast player or visit howwesolve.com.